Hello and welcome back to the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. And first and foremost, I am wishing you a very happy new year. It has been a long time since I recorded a podcast. I've just come back to work today after a three-week holiday to South Africa and probably about three and a half weeks completely off work. So um, I'd love to say that I feel well rested, but I guess there are so many different types of rest. You know, we can have physical rest, mental rest, emotional rest, creative rest, all sorts of different types of rest. And I've definitely had more of some and less of the other types, but mentally and emotionally and physically, I actually feel in a really good place. And I just wanted to create this little episode today to just share some insights from my holiday, really, even though I consider myself pretty well at this stage in my journey and I consider my capacity to be fairly competent compared to where it once was, also still do consider myself to be on a healing journey of some sort. And therefore, it's always helpful, at least I hope it's helpful, for me to just share insight as I move through my own journey in case those insights help someone or just help others to move forward in their own journey. I'm going to start off talking a little bit about the holiday and some insights from the holiday, which will probably actually be surprising. It's not necessarily what I expected. And then talk just a little bit about the new year and just some tips and insights into how to approach this new year if you are moving through a chronic illness experience, because I think New Year's can be a little bit of a tricky time. Some people may feel more inspiration and hope, and other people may find it really hard, the, the idea of facing another year of poor health. So I'd like to speak to that a little bit. And then finally, just update you on things that are happening in my business, new opportunities, to engage with my content and work with me and just so you're in the know on how you can be supported if that's what you need in 2024 and hopefully beyond as well. So let me start at the beginning and this is, I haven't really got much of a plan for today, full transparency. So I've just got a few bullet points on a sheet of paper, which I'll be referring to and that this is just kind of record a little bit off the cuff, so to speak, which I sometimes just really enjoy. So this holiday was a really big trip for me. You may have listened to my previous episode where I shared a little bit about some personal updates and business updates. And this is the first trip that I've taken in since 2019. I was trying to do the maths in my head, but couldn't quite get there quickly enough. So the first trip since I've taken, I've taken since 2019 and the first trip that I've taken since uh, being a healthy individual, shall we say, or since moving through my illness experience. And as many of you will probably know, chronic illness is financially devastating. It's devastating in so many different aspects of your life. And it definitely impacted my ability to work and impacted my ability to earn an income. And it also cost me a whole bunch of money. So the past few years have really been about stabilizing. Yes, stabilizing my body, stabilizing my health, stabilizing my ability to work and stabilizing my business and also stabilizing finances. Because of that, we haven't been able to afford to go anywhere. And 
yeah, there's just been lots of different things going on, which were which were a priority before we could take a trip. And then there was also COVID and lockdown and we couldn't travel anyway. This holiday was really such a big deal for me for so many reasons. First trip in a really long time. First time seeing my family in four years. And during that time, my sister's daughter, my niece has aged from a teeny tiny little baby to a small person. Uh, my sister's had another baby. You know, my parents are getting older. I hadn't seen my father in four years. Yeah, I, even as I share all of that, I can feel a lot of emotion behind the significance of all of that. Um, and then also just an opportunity to connect with some friends that I haven't seen in a long time as well. So it felt like a really important trip. And at the same time, it was also really significant because it was such a long time. It, I was out of the country for three weeks. I created a little bit of a buffer for myself since coming back before getting straight into work just to allow space for the travel. And three weeks, anybody who runs their own business knows it's really hard to take holidays. To take a three-week holiday is pretty significant. And so I really had to prepare in so many ways for this and just by letting my clients know when I, when I wouldn't be available, making sure that my clients had everything that they needed, putting systems and boundaries in place to make sure that I wasn't overwhelmed coming back with like 100 emails and, you know, all of those different things. And so it was a really significant, there was a really um, sort of intense build up to taking all of this time off in terms of preparing financially and then preparing as well to take the time out of my business. And all I can say is it was totally worth it. Um, spoiler alert. But just before I went away, two weeks, in fact, I think before we were due to fly out, I also got a virus and I was okay for a few days. I shared a little bit about it on Instagram and then kind of the virus had a nasty sting in its tail and at the tail end it just sort of went and really knocked me quite hard, fortunately over the weekend so I could rest as much as possible. And it was just kind of wrapping up everything for work while recovering from the tail end of this virus and the end of that final week before we were due to fly out. I was absolutely just on my knees. I was done. I was just exhausted. And just in a normal human way, you know, my body was still recovering from a nasty viral infection and we were also, you know, just working intensely to um, get the house ready for our cat sitter and tie up all the loose ends with work and schedule new clients who are starting in the new year and deal with last minute requests from current clients. So it was all very full on. Um, I was still really proud of myself in terms of how I managed it. Historically, I haven't been very good at setting boundaries. Boundaries is something I've had to learn over time. And I would say poor boundaries would have been a contributing factor to my illness. Obviously, there are many, many, many different factors, but not being clear on my boundaries and setting clear boundaries with other people is always a contributing factor to becoming exhausted. So I was really proud of, um, you know, how I managed my clients and how I set boundaries and just, you know, giving a cut off time to when I would reply to emails from clients. So I wasn't, they weren't making like last minute requests from me, you know, at the very last minute. And then I was rushing around trying to respond to everyone. I also set boundaries about communication while I was away, basically said, don't email me, rather save your requests until our consultation and make sure every next consultation and make sure that everybody had their consultation scheduled for January. 
So uh, I was really proud of how I put the steps in place to protect my energy and to put the boundaries in place so that I could really enjoy this time away. And it all worked amazing. I've just logged on to my emails this morning. I had like 105 emails in my email box, um, but a lot of those were just notifications for various things, which I could delete. And I think I only had maybe less than 10 things that I actually needed to reply to. So it all worked really, really well. Um, but all of that aside, with the exhaustion leading up to the trip, I, I was really concerned that there were so many things that I really wanted to do while we were on holiday. I knew I wanted to go hiking. I knew I wanted to be active. That's just how I've always loved to spend my time outside of chronic illness. And um, I was really worried that this virus would linger and that would really inhibit me and impact the trip. But I was very pleased to say that it just really wasn't the case. And throughout the whole holiday, I was a bit, still had a bit of a snotty nose and post-nasal drip for the first week. But apart from that, energy levels were good and probably due to the fact that, you know, I was having a proper break, beautiful sunshine in South Africa and just not having to deal with the mental and emotional load of doing my job, which I love, but it is incredibly taxing on me mentally and emotionally. Really had just the most incredible time away. And I thought that this holiday would be a time for like deep processing. You know, often when we give the body space, things come to the surface to be processed. And I was expecting I would have all these amazing insights to share with you and like really like deep, insightful reflections from my holiday on healing and health and you know all the things that I talk about on this podcast. And in a way, I'm sorry and also delighted to report back that there was none of that. And, you know, reflecting on the holiday, what was so wonderful about the holiday was really being able to separate myself from being someone who's healing. Because in, in my day-to-day -day life, I guess there's still a part of me that, that is working on her health. I've shared this very openly on the podcast many times, is that my healing journey is still ongoing. And I still want to grow my capacity of the capacity of my nervous system even more so that there is, there's more capacity for me to have more in my life. I don't want to just, you know, be somebody who does their job and then walks around the block and you know, watches some TV. I want to be out there doing big hikes and big physical challenges and, and growing business, which is in service of the people who need it. And and that all takes energy and it all takes capacity. And I definitely know there's, there's an opportunity for more. So there is this part of me that was still working on their healing journey in the, the physical planes, the mental planes, and the, the nervous system and emotional planes. But while I was on holiday, there was an opportunity not to be somebody who's healing. There was just an opportunity to access these other parts of my identity. And identity is something I've spoken about on the podcast previously. And one of my favorite sayings is to achieve something we have never achieved before. We must become someone we have never been, which implies that the identity needs to shift. And really, our identity is made up of different parts of us. And we, we'll all have these different parts. You're probably familiar with them. We would, in air quotes, call them all toxic parts, like the, the people please or the controller or the perfectionist. But we all have those parts in us. 
but it's just how how we nurture those parts, how dominant those parts are, and the sort of collection of those parts and how they how big or small or dominant or submissive they are in our lives is what makes up our identity. And so when I'm here at home on the Southwest Coast doing my job, I'm also healing and I am a healer. And again, in air quotes, because some people may not be comfortable with the word healer and professionally, you know, my title is not healer. Functional medicine, nutritional therapist, and somatic experiencing practitioner. But if we were to kind of categorize that, it would be this feels very Harry Potter ish, but it feels like it's in the healing arts, so to speak. So I have a huge part of my personality that is the healer, and I have a huge part of my personality which is the one doing their own healing. And those parts are probably very dominant day to day. And they make up a huge part of my identity. And those parts are beautiful. Those parts have, especially the healer in me, has obviously helped me help so many people. And, you know, that includes you, the person listening to this podcast, if you found it useful. And there's also a lot of weight that comes with those parts. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with those parts. And some of it is, some of it, most of it, is the pressure that I put on myself. And that's, again, the sort of perfectionist people pleaser parts as well coming through in that healer. When a client signs up to work with me, I don't take that lightly. I feel a huge amount of responsibility to show up and do a good job and not let those people down. But that also weighs very heavily sometimes mentally and emotionally. And, and there's still a lot that I need to learn as a practitioner and as a business owner for it to take less from me, shall I say. So having the opportunity to step back in the holiday was an opportunity for me to sort of step out of those parts. And I really being so exhausted at the end of just before we flew out to South Africa, there was a part of me that really felt like I just don't want to have to be responsible for anyone for a few weeks. And obviously, as an adult human, there's always going to be responsibilities. We can't escape those. But stepping away was an opportunity to really let go a lot of the day-to-day responsibilities that I have and just really access other parts of myself, access, you know, the adventurer, the, the person who wants to be hiking and exploring and climbing mountains and all of that. There was also the auntie, like seeing my sister and her children and playing Auntie Anna and just playing that role and that part, being a sister, being a daughter, spending time with my dad for the first time in four years and being his daughter and stepping into that role because the dynamic between myself and my dad is different to the dynamic between myself and my mom and my stepdad. And, you know, I've I've seen my mom more recently and my dad less recently. And then also just connecting with old friends and, and the person I am with them, particularly friends that I have been friends with for at least 30 years and those types of friendships where you can just pick up where you left off and reminisce about all the ridiculous things that you did in your school days and all of that. So this was pretty profound for me because so much of my life has over the past four years has been about healing and this was really just an opportunity to take a complete step back and think about No, healing has been such a big part of my life and does it now need to be as big a part as what it once was? 
how do I take some of what I experienced while I was away and bring more of that back into my life here on the Southwest Coast? And, and if you want to be all New Year's Eve, no, into 2024, if we, need to, if we need to talk like that. So I guess the gift and probably the testament to where I am in my healing journey is that there were there was no major processing. There was no there were no major insights or you know nothing of significance really happened while I was away. It was just and there are a few little things which I might share, but it was just me being Anna, not a healing Anna, not a healer Anna, but just Anna and just enjoying the sunshine and the connections and the incredible food and the activities and just all of those wonderful things. And the whole time I felt incredible. As I said, I was worried about the, the kind of knock-on effect of the viruses, sorry, the virus that I had before I went. And I did have a bit of a snotty nose and I did have some post-nasal drip and that wasn't great. But energetically, I felt good the whole time. I took my elastic bands, my workout elastic bands with me. I managed to purchase a small dumbbell when we arrived in Cape Town. I continued doing, doing my functional patterns training. I, we did some hiking, so we climbed up Lion's Head. And, and um, we also went for a really long hike in Coastal Bosch Gardens. We did lots of walking. Generally, I was doing my functional patterns. Especially over Christmas time, there was loads of socializing, loads of what I call peopling every single day. And for somebody who's quite introverted, it could be a lot. Obviously, running around with kids, especially small kids, and just being busy and on the whole time. I was just so impressed by the resilience of my system just to manage it all. And I felt great. And yes, that could be the sunshine and the break from work. Who knows? But it, it really was a reminder of my wellness. And I know this could potentially be hard to hear if you are really struggling post-Christmas with your health or, you know, after the festive season, maybe socializing more, eating more, things that you maybe don't agree with your body so much and, you know, family dynamics and all of that. And so I hope that if if you are struggling, that you can see this as hope, see this as an opportunity to connect with what's possible instead of feeling too sad that you don't maybe feel that way at this moment in time because I know that I have also started New Year's desperately wishing to feel more well and eventually got there so I hope that can be a little bit of inspiration for you. The other thing is also just to say that the holiday was a wonderful opportunity for Ben and I to connect and I guess Ben being my husband and the chronic illness experience has not been easy on either of us. It's created a lot of challenges in our relationships and, uh, you know, something I probably have never shared before because it's really not my place to share too much about it is that there was a time in our relationship where I didn't think that we would stay together because of the, the way the chronic illness experience challenged us. But now in hindsight, I can see that the, the challenges that were presented have helped to strengthen our relationship and this holiday and having this time together where we could just enjoy the outcomes of everything that's happened across the four years was really, really wonderful. Um, and so the only other thing I guess I wanted to share was that I decided to stay with my dad for some of the time that we were there. And 
was a really big decision for me because I haven't really spent much time living with my dad since I was a teenager. And then it was sort of on and off. I spent most of my time living with my mother. And even across the past however many years that I've been going back to South Africa, I would always choose to stay with my mother. And then as she's gotten a bit older, sort of rent an Airbnb and stay in my own place. And this time I made the decision to stay with my dad which I think was also a testament to the changes in my nervous system because my nervous system felt that it could do that, which I think was a really important milestone of my progress. And so I did stay with my dad for five nights. We had a wonderful time. We had some great quality time together, just chats. And I guess the type of connection that you don't have unless you're actually living with someone for five days, you just don't spend the same time with someone if you're visiting for a coffee or visiting for a lunch or a dinner or whatever. So I'm so happy with the quality time that we we got together. The only downside of the experience was that I was staying in a bedroom that was, in my opinion, probably full of dust and full of mold. And if any of you have listened to my previous episodes, you know a little bit about my story. Mold illness was something that I had to overcome. And so I love my dad, but his house is an absolute base. It's he's just it's just full of books. He's read all of them. He is the most incredible, intelligent man. I love talking with him because we always have very, very juicy discussions, which I find very mentally stimulating. And his house is a chock a block full of books. There's books on shelves, there's piles of books, it's just books everywhere. And he has read every single one of them. And as if you've ever walked into a library, you'll know the books smell musty. And in addition to that, he's got loads of secondhand furniture, loads of bits and bobs and, you know, old bits and pieces. And I think he's just been collecting these things over the past 20 years. They don't always get dusted. They don't, the house isn't very clean. So it was really challenging for me to be there given my history. And I had to kind of make a decision, which was, do I stay or do I go? You know, do I go and rent an Airbnb for a few nights and just explain the situation and, you know, leave? Or do I stay? And I made the decision to stay. And I'm really glad I made the decision to stay, although it was challenging at times, because I made the decision that I needed to trust that the work that I had done on myself would be enough. And then I also did take some precautions. I what I tell my clients to do. If they were in a moldy space and they couldn't get out of it, what would I tell them to do? Open the windows, ventilate, make sure everything is clean. I bought a little diffuser. I got some anti antifungal essential oils. I just burnt that in the room several times a day. And then I also just made the effort to be out of the house as much as I could, out in the fresh air as much as I could be, and then obviously just sleep there at night to move my body, to sweat, to stay hydrated, to eat really well. And I was also taking some oregano anyway at the time. So I just did all the things that I would tell a client to do. And it wasn't a problem. I didn't feel unwell any of the time I was there. Perhaps it wasn't also long enough to be exposed, to have an impact on my system. But it felt like a triumph. I don't know if I would want to do it all over again, but... At the same time, it was worth it for the quality time that I got to have with my dad. At the end of the day, you know, I had to weigh up those two things and I chose the the quality time 
and someone else, depending on the state of their health, would not be able to stay. So I'm not saying that that would be a choice for everyone. There are people with mold true allergies, so IgE responses to mold, and they would not, they would definitely not want to stay in that environment. There may be people with muscle activation syndrome or different place stages of health, which would not where it would not be appropriate for them to stay. So I'm not advocating for that, but I am advocating for that I saw it as a triumph that my body had enough resilience to cope. And, you know, working with people with mold illness, I know that people are affected differently. And I think it's about the mold, but then also about the overall resilience of the system and how in terms of how it impacts us individually. So Kind of like the only thing I wanted to say about the holiday, really, that it was just this lovely experience of stepping out of the sort of identities in which I stay most of the time. And it really did feel incredible for the break. Where I'd like to move now is just to talk a little bit about New Year. I didn't post at all on Instagram once I left the country because I just felt like I had nothing to say. I was just out and enjoying myself and I felt like I didn't really have anything useful to say for the people who are following me to get insight into their illness because my posts have just been, this is what I'm eating and this is who I'm with, this is what I'm doing. And I know some people do really like the behind the scenes stuff as well, but I just kind of felt like at the time I wanted to just enjoy it for myself. But I was kind of checking in on Instagram and just seeing what other people were posting and especially as we've kind of come into the new year and I've been back and reading a little bit more on Instagram and seeing what's going on and lots of people posting on Instagram and this whole you know setting resolutions and new year offers it's a lot and I I just felt totally unengaged with it. I personally haven't even set any new intentions for the new year. I haven't set any resolutions for the new year. But I also know previous new years I have. And especially when I've been at my worst, kind of starting a new year and being like, this is the year, this is the year I'm going to feel better. Or I don't want to have another summer feeling like I can't go swimming in the sea or, you know, whatever the kind of thought process was. So what I really want to talk about here is just to honor where you are. And I think that, as I said already, sometimes New Year can bring hope and inspiration. And if you're feeling hopeful and if you're feeling inspired, then you definitely want to capitalize on that because it's already there, it's already accessible, it's already available for you. But if you're also finding it really hard to confront the idea of moving into a new year with a chronic illness experience or having a chronic illness experience and you're finding it very overwhelming, you're finding you're feeling very hopeless, to suddenly jump to action and inspiration could be a very, very challenging thing. So my New Year's message today, I guess, if we're going to make it into a message, is to meet yourself where you are. And I think this is just something that we want to do anyway as we navigate chronic illness experiences. Often these experiences are generated from overriding where we are again and again and again and again until we lose connection with self and we're not meeting our needs. So wherever you find yourself in this new year, listening to this podcast is just to take a moment. You can even pause the podcast if you need to and just really acknowledge where am I right now? What is the reality of my situation? 
you know, what do I have capacity for? What do I need right now? And remember that you don't need to make any major changes just because it's a new year. If you feel that you that's really where you are in your journey, go for it. But if there feels like there's a little bit of resistance, or stickiness or stuckness or overwhelm or shutdown thinking about making really big changes, then maybe that's just not the action that's appropriate for you right now. And so that's the first thing is just kind of acknowledging where you are. Sometimes the the new year can encourage a sense of urgency. You know, I've been seeing a lot of New Year's offers, a lot of coaches posting, you know, lock in the 2023 prices if you invest before the 31st of December. And that can encourage an acceleration, a speeding up. And maybe if you knew that you wanted to hire a coach this year, and there's a very specific coach you've identified that you want to be working with, and then you see that they have an offer, it makes absolute sense to capitalize on the offers that are available. However, if you're investing in an offer just because there's an offer, but it's not an offer that you're actually ready to engage with, then that's not going to be of service to you or of service to the coach that you're working with because the whole relationship will be quite difficult. I guess if you're noticing that there's a sense of urgency that doesn't sit well with you, if you're noticing that there's a feeling of um, being rushed or needing to speed up, just take a moment to kind of notice where that's coming from and if it's something that's not really helpful to your system at this moment in time. And sometimes when we, we notice this need to speed up, sometimes it can be really helpful just to do the opposite and to slow down a little bit more, to take a little bit more time. So instead of making big changes or rush decisions, sometimes we just need to slow down and just make small, tiny, tiny changes. Just, you know, plodding along one step in front of the other changes in the right direction, hopefully, if needed, with the right support. And just take on one thing at a time. So I think in the healing journey, just working at the pace of your system is really important. Allowing lots of space for integration of new habits is important. Making one change at a time is important. And being just mindful and intentional is important. Because it's the gentleness, it's the space, it's the allowing of the healing and creating space to allow it to do its job that will create the sustainable and long-lasting changes. So as you move into this new year, if you are someone that's looking to attach to some sort of New Year's intention or resolution, it might just be to be slow, to be more intentional, to take one thing at a time, to allow more space to get the right support. So those are just some offerings for you, especially if you have been finding yourself quite stressed scrolling through Instagram and feeling like you should be doing more because it's a new year. This is me giving you the permission to do less and to honor yourself and to meet your needs and to take stock of where you are before you decide how you want to move forward. And how that looks for everyone will be very different. And so now just kind of moving into the final bit of the episode, I just wanted to do a few updates in terms of moving into the new year and setting intentions and deciding if you need some support. Maybe you do need some support. And I just want to share with you what could be available in terms of what I offer. Obviously, there are 
like so many podcast episodes for you to listen to. So I think this is episode 65 I'm currently recording. So I know I had an email from one of my Nurturing Resilience clients and she was like, I've listened to every single one of your episodes. So maybe you're one of those people, but maybe you know that there's other episodes you need to catch up on. And yeah, I think here we also have to be careful with overwhelming ourselves with too much information. But maybe you're in an information gathering stage before you move towards action. So that could be helpful. I'm going to be running a revamped Getting to Know Your Nervous System workshops. I've done quite a few of these workshops in the past, but I've been working with my business coach to optimize the workshop. And that's going to be happening in January. It's currently scheduled for the 17th of January, but I'm going to maybe push it back a week All the information will be on the website, but I think I'm going to push it back to the 24th of January in the interests of giving more space for my system, getting back into work after the holiday. haven't changed anything just yet, so you can head over to anamash.co.uk forward slash workshop and you'll find all the details there. This is a free workshop. Um, I think we're looking to get it down to 90 minutes. It was previously two hours, which I know is really long, but it's just because there's always so much I want to share with you and also allow space on the workshop for some practical and integration and questions. And yeah, I always want to pack in a lot of value, but then it becomes very long and, and it's just hard for people with limited energy to really digest. So we're working at getting that down to 90 minutes. And if you want to join us, you can join live or you can watch the replay. Highly recommend it if you can join live that you do because we do do some practical work and there is something about doing it together as a group, which is much more powerful for your system. So that's opportunity one. Off the back of that workshop, I'll also be announcing the next round of my Nurturing Resilience group program, which is my 12-week nervous system nourishment program. If you know you need to work on your nervous system as part of your chronic illness journey, but you feel very overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, you have a sensitive nervous system, you know you need to take things slowly, you know you need a lot of holding and support, then this program is for you. I work in a small group. We have maximum 15 people in the group. You'll get a lot of personal attention. It will be face-to-face with me. You'll actually get to speak with me, ask me questions and engage with the group which is different to a lot of these other programs which are available, which are more kind of self-study based only or big groups. And you don't get that personal holding and connection that a lot of our systems need to heal. And so you can also find out more about that on my website. And then finally, one-on-one. So one-on-one, I do more of the functional medicine work, although there is an option to do somatic experiencing alongside that as well. You can work with me, but at the moment, my one-on-one is on waitlist probably until the spring. Reason being is I've got a few new clients starting in January. And with these new clients that are starting, my schedule is going to be fully booked. And I will have some clients who will be finishing up with me soon. But then I've also got my final training for my somatic experiencing. The end of February, beginning of March, we've got the launch of the Nurturing Resilience Group Program. So there's quite a lot of big things going on for me. And I need to make sure that I give my system the space so that I'm grounded and centered and can then be a healthy co-regulating support for my clients, whether that's in the group or on a workshop or one-on-one. But I do have spaces available to work with my wonderful team member, Francesca, 
So for those of you who don't know, Francesca came on board in September. She's been working with some of our clients, doing an amazing job. I'm mentoring her, so everything that she does, I oversee. And we work together as a team on your case, although she will be the practitioner that you talk to on your calls. And the good news is that she has spaces available for people wanting to start in January and beyond. So if you are ready to get going and you'd like to have two practitioners working on your case instead of just one, then I'd highly recommend you go to the website anamash.co.uk and you fill out an application and book a call with Francesca. So those are the offerings for 2023, uh, sorry, 2024, no price increases. So at least for now, I'm not going to be increasing my prices. It is something that I may reevaluate. As a business, we're kind of like just underneath the VAT threshold. At this point in time, I need to see, eventually it may come a time where we cross it. And then unfortunately, I will have to start charging VAT on my services, which unfortunately means that the client has to pay more. And, you know, I know how devastating it is to one's finances when one is chronically unwell. There's so many expenses with practitioner fees and supplements and testing and all of that. But unfortunately, we cannot escape the tax ban. I wish we could have tried to look into all the loopholes so that the cost doesn't have to be offset to the clients. But unfortunately, that that will probably be the next price increase will be when we have to add VAT. So if you're thinking about working with us, the time is now before we cross that VAT threshold, which which I don't know when it will happen, but probably sometime this year. So I think that's everything that I wanted to say. This has been a little bit of a mixture of things, but I hope just listening to the stories has been insightful for you. And there's just a little something that you can take away from this episode as you move into the new year. And I wish you all the best and I wish you more health, energy and aliveness into 2024. And one last cheeky request is if you haven't already, please leave a review for the podcast. I think you just need to give it like five stars on Spotify. And if you are listening on iTunes, you can even write a little paragraph, um, which I'd be very grateful to read. Have a wonderful fatigue recovery day. Have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your January and um, rest of 2024.